This podcast has uh, been very interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, it's been a, a weird little ride. Unexpected. We never thought we were going to do this. This always, totally came out of nowhere. Just me and Brian just fucking around. But one of the uh, best parts about it has been the uh, the ability to get all these people together, to get uh, all these uh cool dudes that we're friends with and really spend a lot of time with them, much more time than we would have spent with them talking about shit if we didn't have a podcast. You know, like Brian Callen, and I mean, we've really gotten deep into who Duncan is, man. I know Duncan so much more over this last yeah. year. Yeah. Joey, yeah. It went from like going to a comedy club and saying hi to somebody, like, oh, yeah. how was your week, to actually digging into this person for two to three hours. Yeah, finding out their thoughts on everything, politics, religion, life, and death, and... um Chris is one of the uh, more interesting cats that we've met along the way, and uh, he's responsible for uh, getting us together with uh, the Fleshlight. Uh, that was uh, the first group, the first person ever that offered to sponsor us, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, and he's also, um, you know, he's an interesting dude, and he's. Uh, I'm Thank glad God. that we met. You're 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 um, you're a unique character, Indeed. and a, a real one. You're a real one. There's a lot of people out there pretending to be guys like you, <laughs> but they're not really. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, you're you're just. Um, I'm just very happy we met. I'm very happy we're friends. Likewise, and man. this uh, this latest experience that you have gone on is one of the reasons why I really I really dig you. Um, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. He got up and he flew to fucking Peru, uh -huh. and uh, he went to the jungle with those root-eating motherfuckers. <laughs> and hung, did you sleep in camps? What did you? Yeah, it was little huts, open. How many huts. days were you down there for? I was in uh, in the jungle for six, and then out in the mountains for another six or seven. Now he got so fucked up on this ayahuasca <laughs> that he changed his name. I died, Joe. I this had to is... come back something else. He 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 used to be Chris, and now he's Aubrey. Or you murdered somebody, and you're, <laughs> that, you're running. I'm from running the from the Peruvian <laughs> authorities. Right? I'm fascinated. I'm perplexed. I'm horrified. <laughs> uh, I'm all the above uh, so let's get was, into it so cool. how did you uh, find out about this this place how do you uh, I mean for those who don't know what ayahuasca is ayahuasca is the orally active version of the most potent psychedelic drug known to man which is dimethyltryptamine and dimethyltryptamine is produced by the human body uh, they don't understand why, but they, they they believe that it's produced during heavy REM sleep and during periods of extreme stress. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it, its real true function is. But they do know that it is the most incredible hallucination, hallucination creating, visionary, psychedelic experience known to man. It's no a mind-boggling, <laughs> incredible experience. Yeah. But... It's not orally active because it's in so many different plants that if you uh, if you got it orally from eating it, man, you, people would go on DMT trips all the time because it's in all sorts of different grasses and plants and yeah. usually in a combinatory um, state with a bunch of other, you know, whether they're um, – active or non-psychoactive ingredients like some some plants actually contain 5-methoxy dimethyltryptamine which is another form of DMT that's a just as actually more powerful but unique and different than mm -hmm. the uh, regular DMT experience but 
I'm getting off track. This, uh, what ayahuasca is, is the shamans of South America figured out, and no one knows how long ago they figured this out, whether it's a thousand years, 10,000 years. It's no. all guesswork because there's no written history of it. They figured out how to combine. The reason why it's not orally active is your stomach produces something called monoamine oxidase, and that breaks down dimethyltryptamine in the oral form. So once it gets to your stomach, where any, you know, we're, we're, uh, like marijuana, when you eat it, it would get into your bloodstream. Well, it can't because the monoamine oxidase crushes it. So what they have figured out how to do is take the root of one plant, the leaves of one plant, and the vine of another plant. And they don't even grow near each other. Yeah. They're on other, completely other parts of the jungle. And They're there's different. over 100,000 different yeah. types of plants in the jungle. Yeah. So the fact that they figured out how to do this, and thousands of years ago, and when you ask them, who knows if they're telling you the truth. But what they say is that the plants taught them how yeah. to do this. Now, they look at you like you're a big dummy when you ask them. You're like, how did you, how did you find that out? And they're like, they told us, dummy. You know, it's like that matter of fact when you're talking to the real deal down there. You know, it's not like they, they come up with an elaborate story. They just look at you like, well, obviously, they told us. How do you, how do you think? Do you think we just guessed? You know, like, come on. They told you. Well, you know what? I mean, that seems to be uh, an actual possibility that to me is more likely than they figured it out through trial and error. Well, the, the combination there, if you, you know, I don't know. I'm not a math, Unless, math type of guy. But it also just, could be evidence of an ancient civilization that figured out, you know, plant yeah, pharmacology sure. thousands and thousands sure. of years before. I'm sure there's a lot of medicines that are. Uh, putting two different things that mm -hmm. have nothing to do with each other together you sure. know so it's not sure. well, yeah there's there's one particular one called curare which mm -hmm. is which they use and if they don't do it exactly the right way it's a deadly you know deadly toxic poison but the way that they're able to do it um you know is just pretty miraculous that a bunch of people haven't died so there's plenty of examples of that it's a what is curare is it a medicine i think it's a i think that's a medicine Right, I think it, there's a. It's the way that they prepare it, and uh, I always thought that that wrong, was some shit that they would put on poison darts and shoot at people. Know, maybe, maybe I have that. I don't know because I'm thinking I'm only going from like yeah, Tarzan movies. Some, yeah. <laughs> maybe that is the poison dart thing. But do you I think know how to spell the, it? How do you spell that shit? C U R A R E. C U R A R E. Yeah, there's something with the preparation. I think of it where if they if they did it wrong. Mass, common name for death. common name for various arrow poisons. Okay, so that's originating in South yeah. America. Well, I guess if you do it right, it kills you people. Do it right, <laughs> do it right. Maybe with the boiling of the fumes or something like that. But the point is, it's amazing that these people figured out long before we, you know, were ever driving cars or yeah. sending emails. They figured out how to combine these two plants and make an orally active version of dimethyltryptamine that, in the words of the shaman, connects you to the spirit world. And the idea is that there is a world that is all around us all the time, but we just cannot tune into it. And it is a world of souls, and it is a world of the afterlife, and it is a world of non-embodied entities that are, to the experiencer, to the, to the subjective person that's having this experience, they are as real if not more real than this life itself. I was there, brother. I saw it. I mean, I was in it, and it was completely indisputable for me. And that was what was so life-changing about it. What was indisputable? Tell us what, the, what happened. You go down yeah, there. So I'll, How I they, I'll, you, had a, you had to write a whole thing yeah, yeah, to get yeah. in there. What happened So there? it's kind of a school of shamans that have been you know, studying and training and 
and uh, going to classes and things, led by a master shaman who's found out the best in South America, learned from him for 30 years, and is now trying to teach people here in the U.S. about it. So uh, in order to get into this, this is kind of like the master class here. This is the finishing course, going down and taking the medicine down in the, in the Amazon. So in order to get admitted, I had to write, you know, write a letter and uh, they reviewed it and you know did whatever they do to kind of approve me to go along. But eventually, I was uh, given so. Admittance. Did you have to go through any stages besides writing the letter? This is the master class. This was it was kind of yeah. This is like the uh, this is like the ultimate field trip at the end of the at the end of the school. You know where you actually really get to do test you have your skills and, on you what you wrote. Um, I could get it in my email. I would love yeah, to read it yeah, in yeah, all of its sure. cheesy glory. Because I know <laughs> sure. it has to be. You, you probably put some emotional shit in there. Like, oh, oh, of I course. lost my cat. No, that's not the kind of shit you put in there, man. No. You talk spiritual warrior journey type no, poetry it. shit. You talk about your intent. You what know, did, what did, so what did you say in, basically? in the letter? basically just said um, you know, about my intent to explore these realms of consciousness and mm -hmm. you know, why I wanted to do it. You know, I wanted to go there learn grow and bring something back and um and that was you know really the gist of it and, and they I, sent I it back to you with a gold star <laughs> yeah they gave me <laughs> the thumbs up there's a willy Wonka golden ticket up. to yeah. meet the spirit world that's it that's it okay so you get there you yeah. fly in so fly in uh, do you take a van out to the camp like how do you get to the well we fly the and then we are. take another flight out to a place called puerto maldonado and one of these planes <laughs> it was actually a decent, decent sized plane i've got on a lot propeller worse. Uh, no, no, I had a real jet. Oh, it was a jet. Okay. Real jet. But then we take a uh, then we take a canoe, a two hour canoe. I mean, we arrived at Puerto Molina. It's like a it's That's like where a real I tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real third world country. I mean, it's just you smell feces and fish and smiling happy people, but it's like dust and diesel fume. It's one of those places. That right. two hour canoe just into the middle of nowhere. Like You're on the Amazon. Amazon, the Madre Jesus de Dios River. Jesus fucking it was crazy. Christ. Because I've been watching a lot of that Jeremy Wade's River Monsters, so I'm just looking at this muddy brown water, oh, thinking of no these way. eels that burrow through people's flesh and sawfish and all those things that he's pulled out of there. Uh, but yeah, three hours up is, you know, two and a half or so up the, uh, up the river to this place. It was just this eco-lodge running on generators. Wow. Out in the middle of the jungle, and generators that are fueled by—is it biodiesel? Like how I do they straight diesel? Out they there. just get it from yeah. a source. Do they have a truck come by and yeah. deliver it? Yeah, they have well, they, a big ship. Do the, the only ship comes up the river? Keep and, the generators you know. on for a certain amount of yeah, time. Yeah, about three hours. Three hours at a time. Yeah, so they have no refrigerators. Um, no, not good ones, I guess. But the food was great, so I didn't. I didn't really probe too deeply. Maybe they keep the kitchen part on generation more, but the lights and everything like that—that that we got about two and a half hours a day. Wow. Yeah. So at nighttime, it's just dark as fuck. Yeah. And right when you'd start the ceremony, that's when the lights would kick and just boom. And then with the canopies above, I mean, it's just cave black. Now, do they have to worry about jaguars? Uh, they do. But the jaguars is a, a very sacred animal to them, you know. So, so if it eats you, it's cool? <laughs> right. Right. Well, they believe that that's what happens to us when we, uh, when we die anyway. Because so. you ain't sacred to them, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. They have a totally different fucking game plan they're no, playing with. Fully. fully. A totally different rule book. Yeah, but we, there was jaguar tracks while we were there in some of the places we were hiking. God damn, yeah. son. Yeah. Jaguars are like mountain lions on steroids. <laughs> yeah. There's just, just ninja ninja yeah. mountain lions. They're they're killers, man. They're scary as fuck. Yeah. Okay, so you you get to this camp, you're 2 hours on a canoe, and do you speak this language? What language do they speak? Spanish. So they speak Spanish. Do you speak Spanish? Un poquito. Un poquito. So, uh, did you bring like Rosetta Stone with you or did you just uh, no, have you a know, guide? No, just kind of I don't know. I mean, just 
tried to get by. It actually got a little bit tougher when I was trying to speak about things that are not commonplace, like with the maestro, the, uh-huh. the, the head shaman. I mean, trying to communicate with him. He's a maestro? They call him a maestro? Maestro or Don, like Don Orlando. Maestro Orlando was, uh, was the guy I worked with. So. Maestro is an interesting name. Yeah. Because, you know, you think of someone... For, right. for a band, yeah. to them, the it's, leader you know, they're, they're master of the plants, right. is what they call us. So is that Spanish? The plant, the Maestro is master? Yeah. Master okay. of the plants. Vegetalistas. So you, vegetalistas, right. Yeah. And isn't that one of the names for the... There's there's two two different churches, I believe, in North America that have won through the Supreme Court the ability to take ayahuasca mm-hmm. in a ceremonial Christian religion. One, yeah. it's that name. Church of Santo that. Daime, and the yeah. other one is the Vegetalista, yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're in like New Mexico mm-hmm. or something like that. So um, you're down there in the jungle, okay? You you get to the camp. Do you say hi? Let's let's fucking do this. Well, yeah, so we, go, <laughs> we show up. We show up, and there was like a general orientation. They feed us. Great are they, food. Are they speaking to you in English? Um, both. English and Spanish. They so like this is translator. organized. It's organized. Yeah. There okay. was like 50 of us going down there. Really? Yeah. It was a big troop. <sighs> Man. See, that would trip me out, like getting blasted with a bunch of weirdos that I didn't know. It was it was interesting. They were all super good natured, but this is not the crew that I would bring on board like a seaworthy vessel if I was going to, you know, A lot of broken people, right? I think they started that way, and this was an answer for a lot of people. But, you know, genuinely good people. I was I was impressed to see that they weren't a lot of these super kind of fraudulent pseudo spiritual mm. like i'm so connected you know they were like yeah. really good people like they were they were out to help you but they were there's that they that, weren't, there's they weren't that the element, saltiest crew i would say that element of insincerity is uh is really one of the the biggest problems with human beings yeah and in in a sense a lot of people whatever you become anything you got to fake it before you make it you know, like I've had this conversation with my friends about comics that are comics that are just starting out, and like the, you know, that's not a fucking comic. Look at he's fucking terrible. I'm like, God damn, man! If you saw me a week into my act, you'd want yeah. to kill me too. You know, I was a faker. I was a faker until I became a comic. But there's something about the spiritual thing. It's like faking spirituality is one of the grossest things. It is. It's even grosser than faking being a rock star. Yeah. You know, like if you're in fucking high school and you're wearing black nail polish and you're growing your hair long, you decide to like well, fake like you're a rock star until you become a rock star. You know what I mean? Well, because faking to be a rock star actually helps you to be a rock star. Faking to be spiritual actually prevents you from being spiritual. So it's the, yeah. it's the opposite. That is it's an interesting disgusting. way to see it. Yeah. yeah. It, um, spirituality has so much to do with true humility. Exactly, and, and not worrying about your fucking image, and the 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 real issue with fake spiritual fake spirituality is that it's all about the image. Yep. It's all about projecting this artificial mm-hmm. piety, this artificial you know sense of you know it's like it's like vegans that get real uppity with you about killing yeah, animals. Yeah. It's like what they're really doing is they're taking a moral high ground. They're taking a, a, a ground. They're taking, whether it's a Christian ground or a spiritual ground, they're pretending to be above you. Yeah. You know, and they'll do this with, with this spirituality or they'll... I think now that I've gone down there, I think anybody we encounter like that should just have to prove it. Just we, drink a full cup of ayahuasca. And we see, were in... Uh, let's see what happens. We were in 24-hour 24 24-hour fitness and... Uh, I was with Eddie Bravo back when he was in his most ferocious. There was a time when Eddie Bravo would just 
try to hit on every pretty girl <laughs> the Falcon he could days. run into. The Falcon days. Could not could not, not hit on him. In that you know, long history. So he's long. a bad motherfucker. He was being successful. So he, yeah. was, he was knocking him out of the park. And he was enjoying it. But anyway, the point is we're at a, a gym and we're lifting weights. And this girl had this cute little body. And she's talking to him. And, you know, and Eddie uh, is like, so what's up? You know, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, I'm from uh, out of state. And I'm really not that happy with California. And she was like real mm-hmm. uppity. And he's like, uh, what's up? Like, what's the matter? She goes, well, you know what? There's just a lack of spirituality here. And I don't think that uh, the men are very godlike. That's what she actually said. She actually said they're not very godlike. And we were like, and I, and I was like right there with him. I was like, shit, is that godlike? <laughs> like, I, I don't want to start making fun of her because he's, he's trying to get laid. So I'm being cool and I back off and I'm like, and what like, the fuck? And I'm then, a god. And then we're over working out. And he goes, she didn't say godlike? <laughs> the men are not godlike? You know, I guess what she was saying was like, you know, like living by the word of God. Anyway, long story short, yeah. a week later, we're at the Spearmint Rhino Strip Club in Van Nuys, California. Who takes the stage right in front of us but Godlike? Are you serious? Godlike in the all-nude strip club with her hot little body. We're looking right at her little asshole. And she looks at us. And the fucking poor girl, she remembered us from the gym. And she remembered that that was the day that she had probably chosen to try out this new persona. You know, crazy strippers. One day they're super religious, yeah. and one day they're fucking spiritual. The next day they're, you know, going to be a yoga teacher. You know, they're fucking lost. That's why they're stripping. It, it wasn't know. godlike, like perfect body, face, everything <laughs> like that. Like not religious. No, wise, no, no, she, no. Was she was talking about. No, she was. No, 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 or no. Zeus Clearly, she was talking about spirituality first. She said uh, men aren't spiritual, okay. and then she said they're not very godlike. She was talking about the people aren't spiritual in California and that she's from a place where people are, you know, much more, right. you know, in tune with the way of God. But it was hilarious. That strip clubs in Nevada, in Nebraska. That's yeah, where I he mean, finds them. She's fucking not even in a regular strip club. <laughs> this shit is hardcore. This is yeah. pussies and assholes in your face. Mm. And she's, you know, quivering her butt and doing that thing when they shake their butt uh-huh. up and down. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this, but it's just godlike. Anyway, that's fake spiritual. Yeah. So you're in the jungle. There's no fake spiritual. Spiritual people. It's all genuine. I would say no, but it's it's like a very high percentage of really any know, hot chicks people. out there. Um, no, no, not really. There was some. There was some that like took solo? care of themselves and and uh, actually, um, I was able to go with my mother on this. You trip. went with your wow. mother. Which was Whoa, fucking sweet. God that is damn, so cool. cool. Yeah, it was wow. Like, or two days. Then, whole man. new, whole new you world. You must have a really her. good mom because uh, mom's dope. She was a semifinalist in Wimbledon, pro athlete. Oh, wow, traveled, traveled the world. No yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so she has a, your mom's she has a gangster the fucking past. shit. Yeah. yeah, my mom would get annoying after a couple of days in Peru. I could tell. Yeah, my mom would be <laughs> tough action. My mom, somewhere along the line, has become a five-year-old <laughs> to explain everything to her. Mom, yeah. that's fake. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's a commercial. What? Yeah. She'll like send me things. And he, Can you believe this? No, I can't because it's not real. <laughs> it's Bruce Lee Jesus playing ping Christ. pong with nunchucks. Yeah, it's like, have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I, I don't think I'd be down with going into the spirit world with her. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we were imagine. in a bus going off a cliff and, it, <laughs> and I had no choice. <laughs> then we're taking that trip together. But yeah. until then. So um, you get down there with your mom. You're on a canoe. You, yep. you know, did, and did you have to talk her into this, or was she totally down? No, she was into it. Wow. She was fired up. So I think she was looking for. She doesn't really have any strong kind of set beliefs, but mm-hmm. she's like a looking for rabid something. explorer. She loves to like new adventures and things like that. So she knew I was into it, and she's like, "Yeah, I'd love to do that." So. That's a, was she ever religious at all? No, not no. really. Mm-mm. 
No, but she's you know she's just open to things, but right. she has it doesn't really formed her own paradigm necessarily. She knows enough to discard the bullshit monotheistic paradigm. She's like, mm-hmm. all right, that's not true. But she hasn't really gone the the other way to say like, all right, what what else can I construct? Now, be before real? she did this ayahuasca trip, did she have any psychedelic experiences? Like a bad acid trip back in college really? or something like that. So wow. nothing, nothing so pretty much. Did you talk her into this or? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. She was she was a bit nervous about that aspect. But, How old your mom? Um, Sixty ish, I should probably say. This is <laughs> so, so crazy. Yeah. But she was, uh, you know, they do a really good job when you get down there of explaining every one of the shamans we met. Um, kind of jumping ahead in the story a bit, but explaining how it's 100% medicine. Like mm-hmm. all of them are like, this is medicine. You don't do this for fun. You do this to cleanse your body, to cleanse your organs. You purge it, and it shows you things, you know, and there's a wisdom to it. It's 100% medicine. And they get really offended when you call it a drug. You know, to them, it's the medicine. It's the master medicine. Like you said, it's the medicine that they believe has helped them find all other medicines in the jungle. You know, they take the ayahuasca, they go in, and that's how they find their other cures. And all of these shamans, these vegetalistas, ayahuasca is just one part of it, but it's, to them, that's their master sacred medicine. So. Ayahuasca is so badass that they don't give a fuck about mushrooms. Yeah. The shamans are like, it's mushrooms, true. what are you playing with that shit for? It's true. What are you playing with that shit for? Yeah, you're going to see some crazy Aztec symbols, <laughs> and you don't need, put that down and have a drink of this. Yeah. No, it's, it's, but you know what they do say? They say, you know, you can't always get ayahuasca, so they recommend that. Mushrooms when you can't yeah, get every, ayahuasca. Yeah. Every, every two months, they're like, every two months, you better do something. And if you got mushrooms, great. You know, really? You, they say the, every two months you should do something. That's what they something. say. That's, that's what cool. they say. Because they say you need to hit that reset button, reconnect with the Earth Mother, and, you know, that kind of. Which to them wow. is just a representation of the, the yin side, that kind of. Every two months. Nature side. Wow. Of Let's move to Peru. Yeah. I've had some DMT experiences that were so intense, I took years off. Because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, whoa, I need to think about this. Yeah. But DMT, the orally active version, is much slower yeah. and more gradual. And you can kind of tune in and out of it. You can get in the meditative state when it's full-blown. Or as it's slipping away, you can get right back in there if you relax and tune into it. It's, if, if it's you're more a warrior, malleable. But if you're a warrior. But if it's cracked, if you're, if you're, cra- if you're cracked, it's going to fucking destroy you. Like yeah. there was, yeah. I'll get into that in the okay. story, but you know, so you have to know who you are. You do before you start fucking with this stuff. It's heavy. They call it the vine of death. You know, that's, that's vine what, of the souls, right? Vine of the souls or vine of death. Vine because, of death, huh? Yeah. You know. Okay, uh, so muerto. so first night, do they give you a little baby dose and see if everybody sh- no? So here's pants? so here's how they go. You know, we get in, we get assigned a roommate. I ended up with a lucky one. A he was roommate. Like, yeah, we Can got you a pay roommate. extra to have your own tent. <laughs> Not on this one. They didn't have the room. I'll be like, listen, but, bro. My, yeah. I'll give you fifty <laughs> coconuts. Just <laughs> give me my own fucking tent. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, I'm that guy. Yeah. So he was he was cool. He was an old Israeli. Are there no sweets here? <laughs> He was uh, an old Israeli guy? His old Israeli tank commander, like really? Romanian water polo star. The only okay, other guy I might pay was, to be hanging out with yeah, that Yeah, the guy. only other guy that was like, I was like, God, I got lucky. Like, this was fucking sweet. He was a cool dude. I, I'm still in touch with him. But oh, wow. Way di- me and him were the most different out of everybody else in the whole group. Everybody else was definitely, you know, not, as I said, not the saltiest bunch you'd want to bring up. Wow. Okay, so do, do they slowly let you dip your feet in the so water? So here it is. You go in, and, uh, and they announce the three shamans. They've flown in the three best shamans in Peru, basically, uh, from different camps, different parts of the jungle. One is local to where they're at. So it's like a battle of the DJs. It is, exactly. And you choose which one you want to work with. So they announce the first one, a long lineage of what he's done. And he kind of integrates some of the Christian saints with some of the ayahuasca work, works with a 
you know, the masculine aspects has a big bio of all he's accomplished. So I was like, all right, whatever, but I'm not really going to be into the, you know, kind of mixing of the Christian ideals. So wait for the second guy. He has his own psychology clinic in the, in the jungle and he's helped build this hospital and blah, blah, blah. Another big long thing. And he sings these sweet songs. And then they get to the third guy and uh, the third guy, they say, only say he's the most traditional and the most terrifying. He calls upon the spirit of the dragon and that's it. That's all I said. And I was like, that's my guy. That's my guy. That's the one. That's all they said about him? That's all they said about See, him. See, less is more, people. Yeah. It's the Clint Eastwood approach to shamanism. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Okay, so um, is this the first night that you this get there? This is the first night. So yeah. you get, they got you right into it? Right into it. Wow. Okay, so day one. Day you one. You pull up in a canoe. What time do you actually get to the camp? Is it noon? About 3.30. 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Do you eat first or no eat eating? There. We, ate, we ate right then at 3.30, but then that's it. No dinner. Right. Because the ceremony starts at 8.30. This, okay, so they recommend five hours. That's it? To purge your system, yeah. I thought it was like a, they will ask for twelve. Um, this one they didn't, you know. But the food that they are serving is like jungle light. food, you know. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's like light, it's clean, it's all grown out there. They what are you eating? Like what kind of food? Uh, a lot of vegetables, a lot of quinoa. Um, they had some, you know, like fresh, free-range chicken and a lot of uh, tilapia type of fish, things like that. Like really kind of light. And they're catching everything food. themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, you you eat. You sit around and just wait for the yeah, party to I got begin. Yeah, I know my roommate and kind of wait for it, and then they talk about it a little bit, and then you have a few minutes to kind of gather yourself and get ready for the. Uh, and for they've the been lunch. brewing it all day. These guys brought it from their homes, so they uh, brewed it in their homes. So each each. So you each didn't watch. They don't. You don't get to watch them. Brew no, it. I mean it's, they have to boil it. You know, boil one, boil the other, mix it. But yeah, each maestro has their own secret perfect recipe that they've learned from. I, want, I would want to see them cook it because after the movie Altered States, that was yeah. like one of the trippiest parts when the guy was cooking up the shit. I want yeah. to see him cook it. Like You can't just pull it out of a fucking Tupperware container yeah. for me, man. I want to see you cook it. I Actually, there's a video I posted on my blog kind of midway down on uh, warriorpoet.us that has actually the maestro that I work with, and it shows some pictures of them boiling it with the big sticks. And, and it has like a big cast iron pot. Yeah, big, like that big pots. Two, two different pots brewing side by side. One with the leaf, I think, and one with the with And the it bite. takes a long ass time, right? Yeah, it's not quick. It takes like 10 hours or something yeah, to make? Not quick. Okay, so um, they sit you down. And how do they determine the dosage? Well, it's it's an eyeball test from the shaman. So we, we walk in. We I have I have by far the fewest people with our group because people were scared of the dragon. And they didn't nice. go. So I had like, you know, 10 people. So we went to a small hut in the secluded part of the jungle. So a long walk. My uh, my fearless compatriots were kind of laughing and joking around. And I, I felt confident, but I was very calm. I knew I was going into some pretty intense work, you know. So um, we, get it, we get in there, and then, you know, they do some of the opening ceremony type of stuff. And you have one candle, and then boom, the generator hits. Caved up. So all of us are faced like spokes of a wheel towards the center of the room. And we all have a puke bucket kind of near us because, you know, most people purge during this process. It's part of the healing process. And then uh, he calls us up one by one, kind of looks, you know, looks at you, assesses, and then pours a coconut, pours the ayahuasca in like a polished coconut husk. And, uh, and you drink. And it is, it is thick and bitter and just tastes like, earth and like and fire like it's it's tough i mean it's it's tough to go down i mean it's very thick and did very everyone bitter. drink it did anybody everyone did and once you're in the ceremony you got to drink no no observers no peeping toms on the action there does the shaman get in as well he does he but he drinks he drinks kind of steadily throughout the thing he doesn't you know he's kind of always drinking and always because that's how he creates his you know his 
world that he's that he's doing. So. so by creating his world, he's not just concocting the the formula. He's also beating a drum and blowing cigar um, tobacco smoke. And what is he doing? Yeah. So <clears throat> what he you know. 30 minutes, it was just silence in there. And then he starts what's called his Icaros. And the Icaros are his songs. songs and yeah. the songs that, you know, was taught to him by his grandfather, who, you know, they trace it back grandfather to father. What, what does it sound like? Uh, man, I couldn't do it. But like it's, Duncan Trussell rolling well, let's down pull, hill. Let's pull one up. Can we pull one up or can we play audio? Yeah, it's like, that? yeah, I mean, uh, it's... Uh, what should I search for? It starts uh, with... Starts Icaros. How do you spell Icaros? I-C-A-R-O-S. Ayahuasca Icaros. Yeah. You know how to spell ayahuasca? A y a h u a s c a. Yeah, well, I want to hear some of that. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Yeah, hold That's on a cool. second. Get one of those, and we'll play it on the background while he's talking. <laughs> It'll be trippy as fuck. <laughs> so, this cat has his own separate ikaros, <clears throat> and the other two gentlemen have their own. Yeah, and they have female shamans as well, right? <clears throat> not here. They do, but not the ayahuasqueros and the vegetalistas. It's it's kind of a very paternalistic. You know, but it's not a completely a male-dominated thing. No, not it's at all. not like uh, priests, right? No, no women no, no. can be and, and, you know, it's it's very. I mean, they worship higher than anything is the Earth Mother. So it, it just happens to seem that the men um, were the maestros in this case. There's female shamans for sure. They call them donas, maestras, um, and there was actually one in the group, uh, but she wasn't an ayahuasquero necessarily. She was just a more general shaman, but she was she was smart too, and she was strong. You got something there, dude? What are you doing? Would that be it? Oh, let's hear it. There's too many instruments in there, obviously, but they use just like a whistle in their voice. It's like... Did you uh, look up Icaros? That's just ayahuasca. Right, put it that. Mm-hmm. Press, you know, enter. Right. Copy that shit. And then write Icaros. I see. Yeah, that'll get you. A-R-O-S. Is that it? I-C-A-R-O-S? I-C-A-R-O-S, yeah. Let me hear some craziness. What? This is fucking... John Tesh presents... (laughs) The career... Live from Peru. John Tesh. (laughs) Kenny G playing back. Maybe it was uh, Icaros over that shitty music. Yeah. Here's another one. (laughs) Sounds more like it. Now that's legit. That bitch is in the jungle right now. Yeah. That's, that's any girl's That's her own. It, my guy didn't sound like that. He was a lot more right, kind of masculine. But, um, yeah, that's it. Okay, and then, so. so he only has, his tools are he has his breath, which he uses more than anything. And then he has, a, he has a, a kind of a branch with a bunch of leaves that he uses as sort of like a rattle. And those are his tools and his voice and his whistling. So, and he also has some cinnamon sticks, which he chews at the end. But I'll get, I'll get to that. This is tripping me out. It's putting me back in. This is perfect. Good, I like good, it. Good. I like it. I'm getting back there. Um, You're going to change your name yeah, back so. to Chris. <laughs> okay. So, how long does it take so after about, you drink it? About before forty-five it? minutes. You start to feel people rustling. Thirty to forty-five minutes. It's hard. I mean, it's cave dark. You don't have a perfect perception of time. But 30 to 45 minutes, people start to rustle. It starts to activate. How big is this cave? This uh, tent? It's hot. Um, probably 20 foot in diameter. So it's tight. Tight quarters for 10 people. So it starts going, and you know you start to get that energetic activation, same as you do on mushrooms or something, where you know something's about to happen. Your closed-eyed visuals start to splash with color, and 
light and things like that. Um, your stomach starts to gurgle a little bit. And then, uh, so that was happening, and he started his ikaros, you know, starts slowly, kind of like it is now, whistling and building, building. And then, you know, in about an hour, you hear the first person just retch, like, Rah! and it's not like just a gentle bulimic style bomb. <laughs> this is like years of rot just pouring out of every organ that they have. And they're, it's, they're half yelling, half puking when they do it. I mean, it's like, Rah! So it's so, not just the, the, the medicine coming up. There's like a yeah, you feel <clears> it. like you, a sacrifice or, yeah, you or feel a, like, like expelling bile and things out of your out of your organs. I didn't puke till the second paradigm shifting session, but um, it, it either goes out your you know you vomit or finds another mode of evacuation. But it's you can feel it working. So a lot of people inside. shit themselves too. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> It, it wouldn't be, yeah. It, it, it Do they get happen. out of the tent, or they just shit themselves well, right I'll, there in the I'll tent? Explain, Did you poop on the Israeli guy? <laughs> he was in a he was in a different session actually that time, so I wasn't there. But anyway, so, so the first people start to purge, right? okay, and then pretty soon after that, it you smell just, farts. It was yeah, <laughs> it was just chaos erupting <clears throat> in the room. Like really? all my companions, so like one of the one of the ladies just turned into a blithering child, like help me, help me, help me, but. Another person started pretending that he could sing the Ikros, but it was like a kid that thinks he knows the words to a song. So he was like two beats off, and it was awful. And then wow. like another lady completely lost her internal monologue. And this culminated throughout the night in her finally saying, I can't tell if I shit my pants or if I didn't shit my pants, like over and over again. And I was like, oh, Shut my up. God. You know, I mean, this is so people, I mean, people who weren't ready cracked. You know, bad. I mean, that wasn't. That's not the experience you're supposed to get. You're supposed to keep it to yourself. Follow. Did through it interfere with, with your thoughts though, and almost throw you bit. off? Did a little bit. I, I think I would too, start freaking out. But it was it. it was too powerful. It'd be annoying. It, it would be annoying. annoying. Right. So <clears> that <throat> part that part was rough in this first in this first session. And then you know, right as I'm starting to get you know get some serious visions, lady next to me, and I like shuddered, and she puked all over my socks. <laughs> so they pitch black and I'm peeling off the wet chunky wool from my feet and oh. put them on the side and just curl back up on my mat. No way to clean it. Fucking oh. pitch black you're in the middle of ceremony starting to trip balls. So that was that was the start of it. Um and it's kind of signatory for the way the rest of the night went because it was intense and dark and uh you know what started happening is Snakes started coming in through the jungle. I had visions of snakes, and they would look at me and then immediately start savagely like going inside my body and like eating my organs, eating my throat, <laughs> like going down my throat and eating their way out and like exploding through my body. And I know enough from psychedelic experiences to just witness and allow and just let it happen, you know, because if you try and fight it, you're, you fucked. Know, you, you're fucked. You can't. That see? is the, the number one reason why people have bad trips. Yeah. They try to control exactly. the experience. But did you think these snakes were real, or did you know they were kind of like, oh, I, these are this one, ghost I was, snakes? I was cool with this at this point, and then it switched. You know, <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> you were cool with this thing blasting. I kind of knew. Your body? I kind of knew that divine and death was going to take me there. I had a feeling. Okay, like well, explain go. these snakes. Do they look like real snakes, or do you like, know? Were you really they're... like, that's a fucking real snake? I'm actually getting eaten by a jungle snake right now. No, they were more like. Um, they were a bit ephemeral. You know, they would change too much in color, oh, and the I way see. that they would come was not necessarily slithering on the ground they were coming from the air and they all so, have top hats on and what did they look like snakes. what did they look like uh, they... a lot of them a lot of them were were kind of white they were they looked actually more like boas or, con or like anacondas not not as much like domestic snakes that we'd find out here but they had that kind of jungle pattern but they would 
you know, they, the colors were off. They were not. They were either too colorful or they were, or they're white. They weren't like jungle colors, but they were that shape and that size of, mm-hmm. of these things. Um, so sort that, of like you're tuning into it, but not yeah, totally correctly. Yeah, like yeah. as if you're on a station and the colors are all off, and yeah. the fucking the cop outfit is white instead of blue. Yeah. Yeah, it's like exactly. and the skin is blue instead of white. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that was going on, and then after I, you know, got used to that, then it switched, and I kept sliding down these binds of thorns that were just ripping me up to pieces again. All of these images were just total destruction of the flesh. Like, and are you feeling anything while this is happening? No, you're kind you're of a passive it. observer of your uh, of your body. So, are you wa- seeing it in a third person? Are you, you outside are kind of, of your body? Yeah, about two feet about two feet outside of your body as you're watching this happen to you. So you're like looking down on it. Yeah, kind of like you know up here on your shoulder a bit. And just destruction. Destruction. And I was, you know, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself because I was naked when this was happening. I was like, why did I have to be naked in this thing? But that's just the way it was. It was just me naked flesh just getting torn sliding down his vine. and what are you so seeing was, are you seeing blood and injuries and yeah you do you see it all i mean just liquid pouring out of your body it's just complete destruction of the physical form and then and then from there you know insects would burrow into my body and explode and the Jesus. And spiders and things would go and really that was not that was not so bad actually I, <laughs> that was kind of the good part but the, but what ayahuasca will do is it will find your own weaknesses and then use them to fuck with you. It's like when you're at the final level of a video game, and it's like, no, you must fight yourself. You know? <laughs> like That's what it felt like. So it started preying on my own fears, and I heard a voice telling me exactly what I was scared of, which is you know, some, some illness. My family's had some lymphoma issues or something like that. So it basically said, you're going to die of cancer. You know, say your goodbyes. You're fucking done. You got it now. It's bad. You know? And it was telling me that. And that actually started to shake me a little bit. You know, because I've never had it work against work myself, work against me in that kind of magnitude. You know, I've had visions of things before that were dark, and I always worked through, and it you know ended up feeling good. But that was a more challenging experience. And, and then at a certain point, you know, I had to just apply the same philosophy and say, you know what, if this is the end, I'm gonna have a fucking hell of a six months, you know, and I'm gonna do everything I can and enjoy my life. And and then boom, that ended. And then finally, at that point, I was able to get a sense of peace. And I felt myself getting sucked back down into the earth. Kind of like in the, the only thing I can describe is that movie Avatar. You know, when the little fibers grow up around the body and it like connects it back down to the earth. I felt this deep relaxation, just like right back down into the earth. And then, um, you know, that was kind of the end. That was the climax of this first experience for me. Did you get a sense that it was a purposeful trip? That the oh, reason absolutely. why they, it takes you on this destruction of your body and the snakes and everything like that, is it supposed to scare the fuck out of you to break you down? It's, it's supposed to. It's a death rebirth motif, really, is what it is. And, uh, you know, that was the idea of the medicine of the night. Each, each night the medicine had a theme. And the first night it was anaconda medicine, snake medicine, which is shedding your skin in one piece. So like a snake does, a snake sheds its skin all in one piece. This was about shedding everything that you don't need, your fears, uh, your weaknesses, all of that. And that's why you explore it. And I think part of the intent of what the shaman was doing, which meanwhile, by the way, is ikaros were growing in intensity, and it was like, the room was swirling with a vortex. Does he have a CD, like a mixtape? I would love to see that. He has a YouTube video, which I, I bought some. I bought some Icaros yeah. uh, online once, and I listened to it for five minutes. I wasn't high enough, and I shut it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has a website? 
Uh, he does. YouTube he does. Video. He has a YouTube video. What does he have a website? What's his website? Oh man, I I couldn't tell. It was it's in Spanish, you know, so I can't recall What's his it off name? the top of my head. Uh, Maestro Orlando Chuhandama. How do you spell last name? C U H C H U. Sorry, C H U J A N J A N D A M A. And it's also Brian. If you bring it up on my blog, you can probably get the direct link. Discovery of the Eight Dimension. Yeah, that's me. journey. That's me. That is you. Yeah. Is this a miss a video that you made? That was a video I made. I'll tell about that. That was my oh, second this trip. Is while you were in there. Oh, dude, you have video. Yeah. Okay, go to Warrior Poet US on YouTube and check out this video. That's hilarious. You're the number one hit on the fucking on this guy's name. It's you <laughs> in the tent, tripping your balls off. Yeah, this is the second session. Wow, so. You look terrified. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It takes oh me a while. To, it takes me a while to get horror. to get into it. But if okay. you don't, don't don't jump to that video till I get to the part. Yeah, of the let's story. not let's not play that video. Which I want to hear all this shit. So, so um. So yeah, so that you know that first experience. So after he comes by, the shaman comes by. He asks me, you know, ¿Cómo estás? I say, uh, you know, I managed to muster something like bien muerto. I told him I was dead and good and dead, and he just laughed and and kind of that was I think when we, you know, he started to kind of give me a little bit of respect because the rest of the room was just crushed, you know. But I I was crushed too. But at least you know I was able to sit up and and uh, and kind of deal with it a little bit. So. Um, he brings me over to his to where he's at, and he uh, he starts chewing up some cinnamon, and it's the final closing ceremony, the cleansing ritual, and he has me open the back of my shirt, and he goes with the cinnamon, and the instant he did that, it was like I was on a bungee cord, and just and this is six hours after I'd taken it, you know my the peak of my trip was completely done, and I just went straight up and right into this world of just pure energetic vibration that I had no idea how to decode. It was something completely foreign to anything I've ever seen. What did he do with the cinnamon? So he chews it up. He's like cinnamon sticks, dried cinnamon. Right. And then he blows his breath. He goes, shoo, and forms like a little sonic missile thing. And he put he points it at different parts of your, different parts of your, like the back of your neck, the top of your head. So he did it four times. And each time he did it, I had like 10 seconds swimming in this world that just I had no possible chance to decode. And it was unbelievable i was like what the hell is this where am i you know how do i understand it what does it mean you know like the youtube video but it was wild on that closing part of the ceremony so what did what did it, i mean you can't it like, decode it can you it describe was like a, it? it was like a geometrical city of light and vibration you know but it was like it was like looking at imagine if you didn't know anything about computer code and you looked at the matrix right mm -hmm. and all you saw were ones and zeros right now we know oh that's computer code it's source code it was like that kind of information was coming to me, but I just, you know, I. Well, know, that I sounds like a DMT trip. Yeah. So yeah. you have a flash. You have a DMT flash. Yeah. So like in deep into another. I mean, he's blowing cinnamon on you, and that's what causes that. Yeah, I don't know if the cinnamon's just to make the, his his breath pleasant, and it's his intent, or whether it actually has some part of it. Or to distract you while some guy has a needle in the back of your <laughs> neck that's just jamming yeah. it. Before he lobotomizes <laughs> it. No, but it was, you know, whatever he did in that closing part of it it i felt like it opened a breach in something else a different hmm. place for 10 seconds for 10 seconds then suck back as soon as <clears> as soon <throat> as that was over i was right back you know wouldn't last okay so this is day one day one so then do you get up in the morning do you go to bed go to bed do you yeah. wash off to puke or do yeah you... yeah yeah so i went you know took care of everything in the in the 
in the dark of my hut. In the dark? Yeah, <laughs> cold and dark, yeah. There's no light at all? No light at no all. No candles? No, we're using our phones and flashlights. and. Do you have a charger for your phone? Um, three hours a day. You yeah. can charge it for yeah. three hours a day? Yeah. So you're using your but phone you as a little But you don't get any service, so right. it's just so a flashlight. A little there. flashlight. It's an expensive okay. iPhone flashlight. All right, so you wash yourself off. Yeah, crash and, out. And can you hours. sleep? I did. Yeah. Are you fucking freaking out while you're sleeping or you no, slept good? I felt pretty good. You know, after that final thing where I was able to relax and felt sucked back into the earth, um, I felt good. You know, I felt like I'd learned the de-importance of the physical realm. You know, I mean, now the next day at breakfast is do people apologize for throwing up on each other? <laughs> yeah. Some people were still some people were still pretty, pretty shook. Like the people in my group were pretty shook. A lot of them didn't go back. Some of them didn't do it again. The whole trip. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they weren't, they fought it. They fought the whole time. And if you fight the whole time, you never release from it. You know, you don't work through it. It's like you get brought to the heat of the battle and then you just ignore it and shut your eyes and it goes away, but it sticks with you. And that's, that's one thing that, you know, a caution for doing any kind of psychedelic work is you got to work through it. So for her, it was a very, she just had very repetitive visions. Um, you know, I was surprised that it didn't take her deeper, but she was working with some of the lighter lighter doses and the lighter shamans um and they could tell that she was the way that they dose you is pretty smart usually they try and dose you to what you know, what they think you can handle so but she was great she was doing it great. seems to me that just jumping right into an ayahuasca trip without any previous psychedelic experience is like taking no martial arts classes and fighting in the ufc <laughs> it just seems ridiculous well, like, I, would, yeah. wouldn't you want to build your way up slowly and smoke some salvia I use, eat a brownie yeah. You know, slowly dip <laughs> yeah, your sure. legs into the river that is the psychedelic experience. Because the, the ayahuasca experience and the DMT experience is supposed to be the two most powerful that you can ever have back to back. You know, one being a bit more on the spiritual side, the ayahuasca, that yeah. it's, it's supposedly because it's longer and not as intense, that it sort of connects you in a way that you can interpret better than the DMT flash. Yeah. The DMT flash a lot of times is so mind-bogglingly so yeah. alien that it's, there's no words for it. You come back with a lot of confusion. Like There's some message in it somewhere, but it takes a while to decode. I talked to them about smoking DMT as well, and I'll get to that when I get... I kind of have to set up kind of the paradigm first, and then I'll tell you what they said about smoking DMT versus taking ayahuasca. So did you go right back in the second day? Second day, no. Second day, no. I, re I just rested, wrote in my journal, made sure to kind of digest the you know what I'd gone through. It's very energetically taxing but i felt fucking great like i felt reborn like energetic i slept five hours and i was just pumped like i got a good workout in and i felt more alive than i have been in a long time it was rad like i felt my body felt great my mind felt great my spirit felt great i felt like i learned some valuable lessons about you know the de-importance of the physical realm and i feel like i conquered some deep fears about cancer and, and shit that was going on like it was it like i'm not worried about that anymore like it took me there to overcome it and you know really that first night for me was you know I, I call it my death it was like the old parts of me that night died you know anything weak uh, was killed off by the ayahuasca but it's funny you said that you know the, the UFC analogy I wrote in my blog it was like it was like I was kind of with a bunch of karate black belts and you know they took ayahuasca and just got punched in the face. They're like, "What the <laughs> hell is going on here?" You know, and they didn't really. You know, they had the training, but it's different when you're in a street fight. You know, and that's uh, that's kind of what it was. I didn't have the training, but I've been in a few brawls in my day, so I think that that ends up being a bit more important um, as far as being able to handle the experience. 
But then, you know, at another point, the second night, I wish I did have some of their training because I got an opportunity to do some cool shit, but I just didn't know what to do. So what happened? That. So that's the second session. I go up to them. This is the third day. Slightly more comfortable room. Um, the people who from the first session, a lot of them ducked out, you know, but there was new people who like wanted a strong experience. So his legend started to spread in the camp. So we had a few more people, probably 15. Um, and I went up to him beforehand and I said, you know, maestro, I said, uh, medicina fuerte, like emphasize fuerte. Like I wanted a strong dose. And he looks at me and he smiled and he remembered that I handled the last one pretty well. So when it was my turn to go up, he fills the cup to the brim, like to the brim. And, uh, you know, I look at it and, and set my intent. And my intent was to see how far I could go. Like I wanted to go back to that place he showed me at the end of the session. And I wanted to experience joy and happiness and that side of life, the opposite side, and just see where it could take me. And that was really my goal in doing that. And I picked up some tips from some of the other shamans about how to set kind of your own spiritual armor and kind of prevent things from uh, interfering and, and taking you off your intent. So I was like, I felt well equipped, drank the full cup, three gulps, pretty brutal again. And then, uh, then it starts and it starts, you know, kind of similarly as usual, um, you know, an hour in, visions, things that I remember, you know, kind of like a psych- most psychedelic trips are like, ah, oh, I got to remember that. That's a good lesson. You know, take little gems from the visions you see, things like that. Uh, at some point, some eels came out of the water and they started coming after me and it was much like the snakes. And I looked at the eels and uh, I, you know, was able to kind of mentally stop them with the armor, which is a trick, you know, opening your Wittercocha, it's called. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, sweet, they stopped. And I was like, what's up, eels? Like, this is not the day for killing me. And I just told them that. And they, like, looked at me. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'll believe you. And just bounced. And I was like, sweet. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to die today. Like, that's awesome. So they leave. And what does it leave you with? So you, then, where are you? Yeah. So then from there, then from there, things, um, things got, that's when things got started to get crazy. Like, immediately, the sensation of my head just peeling off the top of my head happens. And Joe, I've been in fucking a lot of situations and done some shit. Nothing, nothing, nothing could compare to how this felt. It felt like every cell and neuron in my brain was completely synced in perfect alignment and glowing radioactive, and I had no top of my head on. It was like, wow, wow. I mean, it was unreal. As foreign to me as any sensation. And it was a physical sensation. It wasn't a mental sensation. I could physically feel my brain like alive from back from my brain stem all the way to the frontal lobe like every part of it was full and i was like oh shit like something's happening here like this is new like this is a new ball game right and now. what happened from then so from then um right after that happened um you know i started to feel really fucking good like really good and and i was looking around the room and people were vomiting and lots of you know chaos had started around the room but I felt it all as like a kind of like just a cleanse, you know, like I had a different perspective on it. So each one would bring me more like happiness until finally it reached this ecstatic state, which was about 10 minutes of just pure, straight ecstasy. Like every cell of my body felt better than it ever had before. It was like the exact reason why we were given physical forms was to experience some kind of pleasure like this the only thing i compare it to and every time i make this analogy people ask if i nutted my pants which i didn't but it felt like that moment of orgasm stretched for like five minutes ten minutes like i didn't know whether to yell it was like so crazy intensely bodily good Mm -hmm. to feel that and then you know so experience that and that was rad i was like 
you know, that would have been enough right there. But then it just continued to build. And so what happened next is this giant organic flotilla of like snakes and feathers comes, like a giant, kind of like an organic mothership comes. And it hovers over my head. And these is, this is full open-eyed visuals, right? How big is this? Oh, man. It was probably 30 yards, 40 yards big. 30 was, yards? Yeah, it was big. It was a massive... And it's feathers and snakes? Feathers and snakes, and it's living. It's a living... It's like a living mothership, right? And it starts sucking black smoke out of my body, and I see it coming out. And I was like, oh, well, I guess, I guess I didn't need that. I was like, okay, take it. You know, like, cool. And it didn't have any physical sensation, but I could see it like coming out of my body. It came out of my throat, came out of my head, came out of you know different parts. I guess you could correspond them to the to the chakras where they were coming out, but just peeling out of my body, I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty cool." And then it just floats off when the smoke started to die off. And then right on its heels, another mothership comes, and this mothership is metallic and it has all kinds of crazy cryptic writing on it, like. Stargate SGI type of writing. That's the only thing I can compare. And your to. eyes are open when you're seeing yeah, this. Yeah, fully. And how does it look real? Can you see through it? Does it look like an illusion? No, you can't see through it. You couldn't. I couldn't see anything else. Really, honestly, I, it was it was black around it. I, my memory of it is that I could just see that, and that was it. I think if I tried to like focus back on you know my own reality, I could see some shit in the room. But then. That's all I could see. It was black, and it was a ship. And that was, that was the only thing I was focused on. So it looked like an alien spacecraft. Independence Fully. Day style. Fully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nah, very much like that. Very much like a ship. Not quite that big. And there's writing on it? Something. It wasn't just smooth. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a smooth thing. It, it was either writing or a very cool design. I don't know. I mean, I had no hope to read it or anything. <laughs> But so then it and then it starts shooting this light at me. And this was one of the craziest things. Like as soon as the light comes, I like lift my head up like this and open open like put the put my tongue on the roof of my mouth and the light starts coming in underneath my tongue. Wow. And I don't know why I did that. I have no fucking clue why I did that, but I did it and like that's what I needed to do. And I was just started doing it. I was like breathing in this light. It was like I was getting uploaded some kind of information. Again, no physical sensation. But I'm just, you know, just breathing in, you know, breathing in this white light that's being uploaded into me. And then I was like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. You know, and I couldn't believe that I knew that I, that was what I was supposed to do. And, but I just did it. And then, then the light stops, boom, retracts, ship goes away. And then that, at that point, everything just blew out. Like I saw the room again, and then the room just goes, poof, blows out into infinity and just complete infinity around me. Now, there's a couple things in infinity. There's the shaman who's like jutted out on a precipice who's going pretty hard with his Icaros now. Um, and then there's like some terraforming. Like, what does it sound like? Oh, man. I, if you listen to his video, he's, he sings it a little bit, but I wish I could get you some. But it's... Uh, are there words or is it just noises? No. Sometimes there is. Some it's like ayahuasca. You know, sometimes they'll sing some things like that. <laughs> so that's a, kind of a flavor. Obviously, I have a terrible voice. He didn't have a great voice either, but it's, it was powerful. You know what I mean? It's not like he was a singer. Right. It was, it was just coming out. And he was shaking his, you know, shaking his leaves. But he's jutted up on this precipice. And that was at 3 o'clock in my line of vision. 
nine o'clock, there's some kind of terraforma and kind of universal stars. And but it was like boom, like everything, everything else was completely gone. Everything else I could see kind of vague outlines in white light. You just got a software update. Yeah, for sure. But this is the fucking this is another crazy factor. I would turn my head to the left, you know, turn my head 90 degrees. And still the shamans at three o'clock, the terraform is at nine o'clock. It did not matter which way I turned my head. I could lie down. I could go left. I could go right. Didn't matter. My vision was stuck in the same spot. It's like any movements I made in the third dimension had absolutely no impact of what I was seeing in the eighth dimension. Like, I guess if I wanted to look around in the, that dimension. The, why is it the eighth dimension? All right, so I'll get to that. Sorry about that. But that's, that's, that was what I encountered. That's, that's the paradigm they used at the end of it. They call, you know, they call where I was at that point the eighth dimension. And, and the reason why is um, that's the penultimate dimension. That's the last one before the ninth, which is oneness with all creation, which is just you know, unification with, with all life, all creation that ever was, that ever will be pure solidarity with uh with with god with the universe whatever you want is that supposed to be what you're hitting when he blows the cinnamon smoke on no. you so that was actually no? the seventh dimension is what they were going but, but to go back to where I, where i was where i was there i'll explain the, the paradigm as they see it. they give you a map of each dimension <laughs> they do afterwards tourist guide <laughs> afterwards so um so yeah so at that at that point no visions were coming nothing was happening to me at all and i was completely lucid so i was like all right what can i do and i was thinking like well what would i want to do i was like well uh, I got a friend who got in a car wreck. I was like, I wonder how he's doing. And he's in Atlanta. And so I was like, I wonder how he's doing. Boom, I see him. And he's in like a bar or a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, snap. Like he just came immediately. It didn't have to travel. Like I could see him right there. And he's laughing, talking with friends. I was like, well, it looks like he's okay, but I wonder if he really is. And I was able to like look in his body and I see this like bad energetic something, like this black part of it in his rib cage. And I was like, oh, that's, that's no good. And I was like, I wonder if I can get rid of that. And I was like, and I like focused on pushing like white, the golden light into his body. And I was like, fills his body and pushes this little missile out of his ribs. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I don't know if that actually helped him, but that was pretty rad that I was able to do it. You know, I didn't know. I, Did I didn't you ever know. call him up afterwards? I couldn't call. There's no, there's no cell phone. Well, but I talked I mean, to him I later. Yeah. yeah. I talked to him later. He doesn't remember like the exact moment, but he said right around then, yeah, he started feeling way better. You know, so um, what you know, was wrong have, with him before that? I just, you know, he had he had a bad impact. Got T-boned with some lady coming off the off the freeway. Hit the steering wheel. Hit his head. So he felt better out of nowhere. Did you ask him, "Hey, man, have you ever been in a bar and then all of a sudden you feel better?" Or did you say, "Hey, I did some freaky, freaky voodoo on you"? Did you put the power of suggestion in his Sad, mind? I mean, you sadly, the next time I talked to him, I was fucking hammered. So I think we just got right into it. It wasn't <sighs> like I you got to dance around that one. I know. To find out the real evidence. I know. So um, next time, next time I'll do that. But we, you know, he just breezed into town, and I was like, "Yo, I'm just back from Peru." Uh, but anyway, so so I didn't get the proper scientific explanation, but some loose correlation with, with how it worked. Okay. Uh, but more concrete, you know, evidence on myself. Um, I was like, all right, well, if I could do that to him, what about myself? And I started scanning my body with my with my hands and my mind, and it was like a car mechanic looking at the car. Like I was completely detached from it. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like I did a pretty good job here. Like that's not bad. Like this vessel's pretty good. And I was just giving it like a 10 point inspection and you know, my glands that have always been swollen. I was like, ah, there's something not quite right there. So I like went and I like physically like started pulling out of, out of my glands. I was like, well, maybe I can pull what's bad out of there. 
And I felt like I did, and I felt like it stuck to my fingers. And I'm like shaking my fingers, like, ah, get it off. I didn't know how to get it off. So I like shake it, and some of it falls off. And then I put it in the ground, and some of it like drips off. And I was like, oh, it's still not working. So I had a water then, and I poured it on my fingers, and that seemed to work. Um, you know, who knows, who knows about that? But since then, I haven't gotten, like, a, my glands have not been swollen at all. And I've gotten like Epstein-Barr virus that always like has them a little bit swollen but not even a bit since then. So I don't know. Now, hold, thank God you weren't just ripping your face off at that time, by it the was, way. There's, I was there's, so there's, lucid, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was so lucid, like anything I thought of. And then I was like, well, what yeah, about Yeah, but listen business? to what you just said. You said, I was so lucid, but I was, but but I was pulling ripping, my glands oops, out. I was, yeah, I was ripping my glands yeah. out. Rubbing it off of the dirt. It's weird, right? It's and weird. shooting lung missiles out of your friend. Do yeah. you, when you hear stuff like this, you know, when you hear yourself say it, whose phone is that? Someone's got their phone right next to the thing. Anyway, you hear that shit? The feedback? That's a phone next to something. Anyway, um, when when you hear yourself saying this, and you hear yourself describing it, yeah. surely part of you must think how preposterous and ridiculous this must sound to a skeptical person. Sure. Like, you know, a skeptical, sure. no-nonsense, sort of a fucking Goldwater Republican listening to this faggot shit. Yeah. You know, you listen to this ridiculous nonsense, these fucking pussy kids. What, <laughs> you want to find yourself, huh? Yeah. You want to find yourself? Yeah, yeah. Go off no, to the no fucking doubt. jungle and take drugs? That's how you find yourself? <laughs> I mean, you must you must think. I mean, like, listen to, you know, this is like this is like the main thing that people would criticize, you know, if they would yeah. hear about people trying to find themselves with drugs. Yeah, this fucking idiot thinks he's pulling cancer out of his glands. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know, you, it, you it, hear it, that, it though? Crazy. It sounds crazy. Yeah. But, 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 if, but if you can control your mind, if, you're, if you are what your mind believes it is, then he, if he thinks he's, he's cleaning out his body, his brain will think he's cleaning out his body, and it might actually have something to it, you know? Like it's sure. positive or it's thinking. Actually, and, or it's actually happening. I mean, yeah. either way. I or mean, it's actually happening. Right? I mean, I was there, and I have to report it, honestly. Right, you know, of course. Like, I feel like that's my, that's my mission to come back, and I feel like it's one of the reasons why it happened to me is so I could talk about it and you know, talk right. to you guys and get, get it out there. But the next thing I did was, um, was I looked at my business and very lucidly looked at all of my marketing channels and different things, um, thought about Alpha Brain, thought about the different things, thought about you know, very, very conservative Republican-type thinking about my, my life and my business. And I saw some channels that I was working hard to produce, and I was like, there's no resources there. And I could vi physically visualize you know, where there was pools and these tubes that were feeding like a giant machine. I was like, well, I'm trying to build this tube to this pool of resources, but there's nothing there. Like, I got to cut that one off. I was like, this one is good, but it's blocked. You know, they got to change that, change the marketing, you know, change something on that. So, or, you know, think about this formula or that, and I could visualize it perfectly. And, you know, yeah, cool. right now, you know, business is going great. So, so you saw it in metaphors. You exactly. saw it in a, in a different yeah. sense than you saw it as you know, here's here's a product, here's the marketing. Instead of that, you saw it as almost like energy yeah, or... just something, feed, it was like feeding, it was like feeding a machine, like gas, fuel, now, energy. Now, do, do you have any idea, did you talk to it, like the other people, were they also doing the same no. things or were other people like, dude, I saw Dancing Now I know bears. why your microphone is so much louder than everybody else's. You suck on that thing, dude. You get up in here like this, back off a little bit. Everybody, everybody else. Is so was other this. people like like <laughs> uh, just like seeing dancing bears and they're like a you lot, know, of, or a lot with, of people. Yeah, aquariums. Deep. They were seeing their own demons or spirits or or different things. Did you I guys have shared visions? People. No, no shared visions. No shared visions. You know that's uh, one of the things that when they first uh, discovered it. 
they they when they started bringing it back to the Western world, they tried to call it telepathine yeah. because uh, it, because of shared experiences, but because of the rules of uh, scientific rules of nomenclature, because they isolated the compound as harmine already, yeah. one of the compounds, they they went with that because yeah. it was the first description of it. But they were going to call it telepathine because of the shared experiences. But you didn't have any of that. There were some like husband and wife couples in different huts that did. Hmm. that were witnessing one would just witness the other's entire experience and be like they would try and talk to each other about it and be like yeah i know i saw the whole thing so that happened but as far as like the group in my setting uh, it seemed to be more closely linked to um family you know family ties or or relationship romantic ties things like that not necessarily what so the shared experiences are with people that already have a relationship. That's what seemed to be happening in this trip. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're already tuned in together. You're yep. already, well, you know, there's that feeling always when you're in a relationship that you become a part of that person. You know, I mean, it, I, I think every deep, intense relationship that I've ever had, you feel like it's more than just two people hanging out together. Somehow or another, you you connect on some I don't want to say spiritual energy, some, some sort of intangible level, which is why breaking up is so painful. Yeah. Because a part of you is literally missing. You cannot feel whole. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You don't feel right because some of you is missing. So that would kind of make sense that those are the type of people that would have a shared experience because they literally have their souls are somehow or another connected. They have mm -hmm. some sort of a inexorable bond. Mm hmm. And that's and that's what that's what played itself out. out so you didn't have any experiences with your mom. Your mom no. only did it once. No, she did it three times. She did it three times. She did it three times. Did she do it with you with the dragon? She was actually in that room that time, and she said she was. She didn't see what I saw. I mean, it wasn't. 